Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. I've been looking forward to this, and I'm amazed at what God has done in this church in such a short time. I mean, it's not normal to have this kind of growth in such a short time. Y'all are abnormal, Crystal. (laughs) Brian, you're abnormal. But it is such a privilege to be here. And um, real quick, let me ask, how many of you have never heard me before? I'd like to kind of get an idea. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. You know, I spoke at this conference in Florida last year, and this lady came up to me afterwards, and she said, you sound exactly like my daughter. And I said, really? Is she here tonight? She said, no, she's four. I said, that's cute. But (laughs) when you call to order Domino's and they say, does your mommy know you're doing this? I always go, no, but my husband does. (laughs) But this is the way I look at it. It's not how you sound that intimidates the devil. It's what's coming out of your mouth, right? So I stay focused on that. But um, I do like to talk about your dreams and your goals. And, you know, this is a good time of the year to have this meeting, this, you know, with the church RC, because just thinking about what God wants you to do with the rest of your life. In fact, I heard T.D. Jake say that. He said, what are you going to do with the life you have left? And of course, he was shouting and sweating and stuff, so it sounded more powerful. (laughs) But but what are you going to do with the days you have left? You know, the reason I'm so compelled to want to live my dreams and to not waste any more time is because, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about that life is a vapor. Have you ever heard that? Life is a vapor. Like, that's it. That's your whole life summed up. Life is a mist, a breath, a wisp of smoke is what it says. So you think about it like that's Donnie. There's Red. There's Isaiah. There's Pastor Brian. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like life is a vapor, right? <clears throat> that seriously went right in me. But, and real quick, I wanted to say, I think almost half of my staff goes to the church RC. Isn't that amazing? So Isaiah right here is my CEO. He runs our ministry. He's a blessing to me. He's one of the smartest men I've ever known in my life. I mean, anything I ask him, he can figure it out. Even if I'm like, what should I wear? He's like, chartreuse. Go with the chartreuse. (laughs) He knows everything. And then um, Irma. Is Irma in here? Irma and her husband, Justin. Yes. And Irma, oh my goodness. She handles our bookkeeping and she's just like, she's a little brain, you know, she just loves numbers. And then Justin, her husband, he helped completely remodel our TV studio. Such a blessing, whipped it together in like a week. And then we have Donnie that was leading worship. She ships resources. My goodness. I don't know what the numbers were for the last year, but she shipped resources to 84 nations. That little girl up here. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) And then Red. You know, his real name is Dustin Dallas Wallace. I think that's the cutest name. And he goes by Red. But I think I'm going to call him Bam Bam now. I didn't, you know, it was my first time to see him play drums. He edits our TV broadcast, our podcast, um, audiobooks, everything. So, and then Jonna, where's Jonna? She is such a blessing. Oh my gosh, I love that girl. 
She was on the phone, her and another girl, Lisa, with over 9,000 people last year. Isn't that amazing? So if she doesn't answer your phone call, she's sick of talking, okay? <laughs> That's why. No, but everybody, such a blessing. Did I get everybody on our staff? Okay, and then I have more of our team here. But thank you for training up leaders so we can hire them. I appreciate that. <laughs> this is working out good, isn't it? But, you know, I just, I really want to compel you this morning to get serious about your dreams. And, you know, thinking about Pastor Brian and, and Pastor Crystal, you know, I'm a visual learner, so you never know what's going to come out up here. It's kind of like Mary Poppins. But, you know, I've heard there's a certain species of fish. I just happen to have it. That if you put this fish in a small aquarium, it'll stay small. You take that very same fish and you release it into a body of water, like a large body of water, the fish will grow to its intended size. And when I read this article about this fish, it said people are the same way. You stay in a small, limited, harsh environment and you'll stay small. But if you get around people who think big, dream big, talk big, you're going to grow to the size God wants you to be. So stick with them. Go to the connect groups because it's just going to cause you to elevate your entire life. Isn't that amazing how that works? So I have a message this morning that I call the three bones of success. Or you could say the anatomy of success. So I'm going to share these three bones with you and hopefully it'll just fire you up to make 2018 the best year you've ever had. You ready? Okay, so the first set of bones, I call it the bare bones. The bare bones. And what I mean by that is, you know, the bare bones is just a phrase that we use to describe the basics. Like, what are the bare bones? And when I say the bare bones, I want to ask you, what are the bare bones of your daily life, your daily schedule? What are you doing on a daily basis that's going to lead you closer to success, closer to achieving your dreams and goals? Well, the reason I say this is because years ago, it was actually in 2002, That's when my entire life completely just fell apart. My marriage was this close to divorce. My husband and I separated. I was asked to work from home for a season. I was a ghostwriter writing books for other people at the time. And I just hit an all-time low. I'm falling apart. We're falling apart. We had no money, no vision, no goals. We're living paycheck to paycheck. We had nothing in our savings account. I'm paying my credit cards every month, paying my car note every month. And here Rodney and I hit an all-time low. And I'm just desperate to get out of the misery I'm in, the depression, the mess. And I didn't have a success coach come to my house, you know, and just lay out this growth track and say, here's what you need to do to get successful. I just came up with this ridiculous or simple little plan that it sounds crazy, but it turned out to be the best thing I could ever do. I made a decision to listen to one faith-building message every day for 21 days. That was it. Because I'd heard psychologists say, if you do something consistently for 21 days, you can break an old habit and start a new one. So I said, okay, I'm going to make myself do this. And then I thought, well, when, can I, when am I going to do this? If I'm really going to be consistent, when am I going to do it? I thought, well, I could do it in the morning while I'm getting ready. It takes a long time to look like this, so I might as well. <laughs> you have no idea. But I just said, okay, I'm going to go get a CD player. I'm going to invest in some CDs. I got a little post-it. This is how basic I was. A post-it note that said, push, play. I put it on my bathroom mirror. Went in there the first morning and saw push, play. Oh, yeah. I push play. And I started hearing the word, hearing the word of God. Well, the next day I did it again. The next day saw my note. Oh yeah, do it again. Well, at the end of 21 days, I thought, I don't want to stop. I'm going to do a whole month. 
Well, then at the end of a month, I thought, why not do two months? I got to get ready anyway. Well, then three months went by. Well, here's the thing. That was in 2002, and I haven't stopped. This morning, I woke up at my house in Rockwall, Texas, and I pushed play. But here's what happened. This is why this is so vital. And during that first 21-day period when I'm pushing play and I'm listening to messages, I heard John Maxwell make this statement on one of the CDs. He said, if I could come to your house and watch you for 24 hours, I could tell whether or not you're going to be a success or a failure. He said, you pick the day. But let me just watch you from the moment you wake up till you go to bed that night. He said, just by observing you in one full day, I can tell in what direction your life is going to go. He said, a lot of times when I say that, people get mad and they think my claim sounds arrogant. He said, the reason I say that is because the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. And I'm so convinced of that that I even have a magazine called The Routine. Because when I changed my routine, it changed my whole life. And here's why this is so powerful. You think this is just a simple thing, push play. And it is simple. But every time you push play and you're listening to a faith building message, it gets down on the inside of you and it changes you from the inside out. You start thinking differently. You start talking differently. You start caring yourself differently. You start dreaming a little bigger. You start wondering, could God really use me? I wonder if I'll ever write a book. That's how it started was just wondering. I wonder if I'll ever help teenage girls. And you just start dreaming bigger because faith comes by hearing, right? Well, then I started hearing things like 88% of the wealthiest people in the world, they read 20 minutes a day, 20 to 30 minutes a day. I thought, read? I hate reading. The only books I ever read for pleasure was the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader Manual and the gymnastic book. (laughs) That was it. But I thought, you know, I could do that. I could set the alarm on my phone and make myself read for 20 minutes. And you think, 20 minutes isn't going to change my life? Well, do you know 20 minutes a day times 30 days in a month is 10 hours of investing in yourself? That's a lot, isn't it? Just 20 minutes a day. Or I read things like, 63% of the wealthiest people in the world, like the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffetts, Oprah Winfrey, they use their drive time to listen to messages that cause them to grow. Don't you think they're big enough? But they still think there's room to grow. I got to keep learning. Isn't that amazing? So if you were to just get in your car, push play, you could be growing to a whole new level just using, we call it automobile university, right? In fact, listen to this. The average American drives 20 minutes to work and 20 minutes back home every day, right? 20 minutes to work, 20 minutes back home. After doing that for five years, that's 1,250 hours in your car or the equivalent of a college education if you just push play. We could do that, can't we? So I was listening to this story about a guy who he said one night, it's like four o'clock in the morning. And he, he couldn't sleep. And, and at the time in his life, he ran a karate school that was doing really good. He said he was married, he had kids, but he just felt like something was missing inside. So at four o'clock in the morning, he's watching a motivational speaker on TV. And while he's watching this, he said, it just dawned on him. I'm not where I want to be in life. I never wanted to run a karate school. He said, I always wanted to be a writer. Like I wanted to write scripts for movies. Why did I give up? And as he's watching this guy, he thought, How can I tell my kids to go after their dreams if I won't even go after mine? So he said he made himself two promises right there at four o'clock in the morning. Number one, I'm going to invest in myself. 
I'm going to buy the audios that they were selling. Number two, I'm going to make myself listen to them all the way through. I'm not going to quit halfway into these audios. I'm going to make myself finish it. Well, as he started doing that, the, you know, the product came. He started listening every single day, using his drive time to listen to audios, drive back home, listen to audios, mowing the grass, listening to audios, loading the dishwasher, listening to audios. All of a sudden, he started writing, started writing a script for a movie. Listen to this. He wrote a screenplay in less than a month. He sold it in less than three months for a quarter of a million dollars. The screenplay went on to become a mega hit with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan called Sleepless in Seattle. Wow. Isn't that amazing? He changed his routine and it changed his whole life. So what could happen if we just said, this is not difficult. I can do this. I can push play while I'm getting ready in the morning. So those are the bare bones that I'm telling you about that I believe you can do. So, you know, you think about when you get on an airplane, what do they tell you before you fasten your seatbelt and stuff? Or actually, after you fasten it and you're about to take off. They say, put your oxygen mask on first before you attend to anyone else, right? That's what you're doing when you invest in yourself first thing in the morning. You're investing in you before you take care of everybody around you. And that's vital to your success, isn't it? Okay, so those are the bare bones. You ready for the second bone? The second bone is wishbone. I got kind of a mess up here in the first service, didn't I? So the second one is wishbone. And what I mean by wishbone is vision. You have to have a vision for your life. See, the thing is, you will never leave where you are until you see where you'd rather be. You have to see something before you can have something, right? So vision is vital to your success. When you think about it, let's just imagine that it's pouring down rain outside. Church is over. You jump in your car. You turn on the car and it turns on fine. You turn on the lights. They work fine. You turn on the heater. It works fine. Your music, it works fine. But one thing is broken. The windshield wiper. How many of you know you're not going anywhere? As long as your vision is impaired, you will stay where you are. And it's the same with life. If you don't have a vision of where you want to be December 31st of this year, then I can promise you next year at this time, you'll be exactly where you are today. Wishing things would change, hoping things will change, but we have to have a vision. And so see, I started listening to things like this, you know, just things like you have to have a dream. And I was like, I don't even know what my dreams are. My marriage was falling apart, you know, all that. But I just started with a simple plan, and then I started hearing things like, you have to write your dreams and goals, that the most successful people in the world write their dreams. They don't just think them, they ink them, right? So I started writing my dreams and goals. I started hearing things like, you remember Napoleon Hill, he wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich. Some of you have read that book. He interviewed 500 millionaires way back then. Now, the millionaires back in that day were people like Andrew Carnegie, um, John D. Rockefeller, Charles Schwab, Alexander Graham Bell, people like that. They were millionaires. And he interviewed 500 millionaires to find out, do they have anything in common that's made them so successful? So after he did the data, he came back and he said, they do. Every single one of them have clearly defined written goals. Clearly defined written goals. Isn't that amazing? Just the power of the pen. Well, you know, when I teach at success conferences, they'll tell me things like, now be careful what you say about the Bible. But here's the thing. Every success principle I've ever learned comes straight from the word of God. God's the one who said in Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision, make it plain on paper. Didn't he? 
So what would happen if before you went to bed tonight, you made yourself write down at least one dream, one goal? And the way I like to do it is to imagine it's December 31st of this year. So imagine 12 months from now, you have your party hat on, you're celebrating the new year, and you turn to your friend and you say, this has been the most amazing year of my life. What needs to happen for you to say that? Whatever it is, write it down. In fact, this is my personal one right here. I usually bring one that has illustrations in it, but this is my personal one because I forgot to bring one from the office. This has in here what I would consider a successful 2018. So I acted like it was December 31st of this year, and I wrote down in past tense, we did this, we did this, we did this. That's what you need to do. And every single day before I leave the house, I pray over these dreams. So is it a coincidence that they keep happening? No, because when the vision is clear, the results will appear, right? So I started learning these simple things back then and hearing stories about people, you know, keeping the vision before their eyes. Like some of you know Joel Osteen? Well, years ago, his father, John Osteen, was in the hospital having open heart surgery. And he told Joel, he said, Joel, I want you to go home and get my tennis shoes. (laughs) He's a petite man. And... uh, (laughs) I still want to put my husband's big old sneakers in here. So, (laughs) but the Osteens are little people. So he told Joel, he said, I want you to go home, get my tennis shoes. And I want you to put them in my hospital room as vision that I will walk out of this hospital. Isn't that amazing? He wanted to see that I'm not going to die in this hospital. I will walk out of here. And he said, I'm going to go jogging again too. Well, he lived another 12 years after open heart surgery. What do you need to put before your eyes? What kind of vision do you need to be looking at? It could be a vision to pay off a credit card. And you know, it's been dragging on for years, paying the minimum amount. I'm telling you, if you get serious about it and you say no more, I am paying this MasterCard off. You call and find out how much you owe. Put a picture of money in here. Write it out. If it's $7,000, put $7,000, Just go all the way down to 100 Every time you get 100 bucks, mark it off. Start saying, Lord, I'm asking you for God-inspired ideas to pay this thing off. I'm telling you, he'll give them to you. Amen. When you get serious about it, it's amazing what God can do. So I started doing that. I started writing goals way back in 2002. And back then, they were things like get my house cleaned up, you know, declutter my kitchen. It was things like that. And then it really was pay off the MasterCard, $3,000. Or, you know, a dentist appointment, pay that off. Or it was little goals that just started building my faith once I would accomplish it. And then it led to, I want to write a book. So I went to Barnes & Noble and I stood in front of the the Christian inspiration section and I just acted as if I had a book written. And I started praying over that dream. I, you know, put a picture of the map of France because I have a degree in French. So I said, Lord... I know I didn't study French for no reason. I don't know anybody in France, but I trust you to open doors for me to minister in that nation. I just started praying over that dream. I put things, you know, like John Maxwell, because remember I told you I was listening to him from the very beginning. I superimposed a fake picture of me and John Maxwell, completely fake. I mean, it looks Photoshopped. And I wrote in there, I'm friends with John Maxwell. I speak at events with John Maxwell. Do you know every single thing that I just told you has happened? Everything from walking in Barnes and Noble and seeing my books on the shelf to all my books are now translated in French and they're in bookstores in Paris to speaking at events with John Maxwell. And when I first met him, he, he says the same thing to everybody. He says, 
I'm John. I'm your friend. I said, I'm Terry. You're my hero. (laughs) But you know, I think God just uses me to give you hope that dear Lord, if legally blonde can do this, we all can do it, right? (laughs) No, but I'm just telling you, it's, I think sometimes we complicate things. You know, I'm sure all of you've heard Habakkuk 2 too, write the vision, make it plain. Or maybe you've heard a successful person say, you need to write your dreams and goals. But do you know 93% or 97% actually of Americans are walking around with no dreams and goals. They are not in writing. But the 3% who do, they're the most successful in the world. Jim Carrey, Tim Tebow, Will Smith, you name it. They write their dreams and goals. Steve Harvey says, you've got to have dream books. You've got to have vision boards. He says, put a picture of the ideal car you want to drive. Put a picture of you at your ideal body weight. He says, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. So how many of you are going to do this? We can do this simple thing, can't we? You know, I shared in the first service this illustration because it was such a powerful moment for me to see that God really does this if we give ourselves permission to dream. So years ago in 2010, we started a women's event called Icing. Some of you came to the Icing Conference. Crystal brought a big group. And back then, it was just a dream in my heart. And it's scary, isn't it, when you launch out and do something? And I thought, everybody's going to think this is a cake-tasting convention, you know? (laughs) It's called Icing. And so I told Isaiah, I said, Isaiah, I need a picture of me preaching to thousands of people because that's the vision I have on the inside. I said, I don't see, you know, 20, 30 women in a little hotel ballroom. I see thousands of women in a Coliseum. So Isaiah was like, yeah, I can do that. But the only problem is you've never preached to thousands of people. (laughs) I said, well, can you make one? So he did. He went to Joyce Myers conference, (laughs) printed out this, you know, picture of Joyce but he used Photoshop and he took little Joyce off the stage. He put little Terry on the stage. (laughs) He put the name of our conference icing in the background. Can y'all see that? And then on the jumbotron, he chopped off Joyce's head and he put my head on top. So I'm wearing Joyce's shirt. I don't think I would choose that shirt, but that's not my point. (laughs) So he printed this out and I just laughed and thought this was the cutest thing. Little Terry, little Joyce, you know, I said, can you print several copies? So he did. We gave it to our team because I said, I want you to see where we're headed. This is where we're headed. Now, everybody laughed at first and thought this was so funny because we hadn't done anything yet. But you know what? This same picture is in my dream book, which I look at my dreams every single day. Well, after you look at these for a few months, I'm not just cracking up every time I see this picture. Then you look at it for six months. It actually looks like a real picture. Then a year goes by, you kind of forget it's a fake picture. Well, see, there's a principle in the word of God that you become what you behold. You become what you behold. Whatever you keep before your eyes, it will eventually show up in your life. So here's a fake picture of us preaching to thousands. Here's a real picture of us preaching to thousands. Isn't that amazing? So what kind of picture do you need to start looking at? Do you need to look at your debt-free car? Go get a picture of you doing your victory pose in front of the car. Call the bank tomorrow and say, how much do I owe to pay this car off? And just start speaking to that dream. Lord, I'm asking you for ideas to help me pay this thing off. Because he will give them to you. It'll be amazing. You know, the success world, the business world has this principle down pat. 
In fact, years and years ago, when John F. Kennedy had a vision to land a man on the moon and put the American flag, do you know that he had the NASA headquarters put a picture in their front office that went from the floor to the ceiling of a man landing on the moon with the American flag before they ever did it? Because wow. he wanted them to see the vision that if we achieve this, this is success. So good. And do you know they achieved it two years ahead of schedule? Wow. Wow. That was a giant vision board, wasn't it? So I want you to think about what is it that you need to get serious about? Could be a health goal, could be, you know, getting the house cleaned up, could be a job, could be a degree, could be a new business, selling houses, whatever it is, get that vision before your eyes. So you got it? You got the wishbone? Okay, you ready for the last bone? The final bone I have to pick with you is backbone. If you're going to achieve your dreams and goals, you got to have backbone. And I told the first service, I really wish I could have just ended it with wishbone and given you a hug and left. But I have to tell you this one because you have to fight for your dreams. Every dream I've seen come to pass in my life, I've had to fight for it. Ecclesiastes 5.3 says a dream comes about with much business and painful effort. And, you know, I've never met y'all. And, and, you know, can you imagine walking into a church where you don't know anyone and coming up on stage and talking? And, you know, people automatically have perceptions when they look at you, right? And you have to overcome those perceptions. But a lot of times you can look at people and think they haven't been through much. I've come to realize you never know what people have been through. The people you're sitting next to, you have no idea the hell they've been through, the battles they've faced, the things they've overcome. I mean, would you have ever dreamed, if I, if I tell you a little bit of my story, that I was raped at 14 by a guy who doesn't even know my name, that I got pregnant before marriage, I lost a baby, I was in an abusive relationship, I've been diagnosed with skin cancer, I've been told I can't have any more kids, but I'm fighting for my dreams, right? So a dream comes about. Well, sometimes you just have to know what people have been through so that you don't just assume they've just got it all together. That must be nice for you. No, every dream I've seen come to pass, I've had to fight for it. And you will too. But that's why you need to start the simple habit, like I said earlier, of just push play. Listen to faith-building messages every single day because that's how you fight for your dreams. Bible says faith comes by hearing, right? So every time you push play, you're getting stronger on the inside. And no matter what Satan brings against you, you're going to say, you know what? I really could care less because I am so full of faith. I am going to fight this battle and I'm going to win, right? You know, my dad, Jerry Seville, he's my favorite preacher. He makes this statement. He says, when you feel like giving up the most... That's always an indication your breakthrough is just about to happen. When you feel like giving up the most, when you're literally about to pull your hair out and you're going, forget it, this whole thing is stupid, why did I even listen to her? That means you're this close to your breakthrough. Isn't that amazing? And let me just say this real quick. It is so important that you don't share big dreams with small minds. Don't share big dreams with small minds. You know, small minds have a way... And we like to say of sucking ambition right out of you. But big minds, they have a way of elevating you to reach your highest potential. In fact, let me close out with this story just to kind of illustrate this. I love this story. I've told it so many times about this guy named Monty Roberts. He's such an inspiration. But he said years ago when he was a little boy, 
He grew up on the back of a truck. His dad was a horse trainer, and they would go from town to town, you know, training horses, and they were so broke. They had like a little camper, you know, on the back of the truck, and that's what they lived in. He said, I was barely in the same school district from one year to the next. Well, one day he's sitting in class, and the teacher said, I want all of you to write a paper on what you want to be when you grow up. So he said, I really thought about it. I put a lot of effort into this. And he said, when I grow up, I don't want to just train horses like my dad. I want to raise thoroughbred racehorses. He said, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to live on hundreds of acres of land. And he said he drew like a big racetrack. And he drew little bunkhouses and tack rooms and things like that. Well, the next day he turned in his paper. The teacher graded it. And when she graded it and handed it back to him, this is what it said. F, see me after class. He was devastated, he said. He opened up that paper. He couldn't understand why he failed that when he put so much into it. So he asked his teacher, he said, why did I fail this? She said, Monty, listen, you're a poor kid. You live on the back of a truck. She said, this is an unrealistic dream for a kid like you. And she said, it's my job as a teacher to not let you grow up and be disappointed. I can't even imagine a teacher talking like that. And she said, go back and rewrite your paper and I'll give you a better grade. Well, it devastated him. So he went home, shared it with his dad, and he just said, Dad, what do I do? And his dad said, Monty, I can't tell you what to do, but whatever you decide, it's going to affect the rest of your life. Wow. So he said he thought about it. Next day, he went back to class, turned in the very same paper, and he said, you know what? You keep the F. I'm keeping my dream. I love that. Don't you? to me, it's kind of like a take this job and shove it moment, right? (laughs) Which I don't recommend, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Do you know today, Monty Roberts has that very paper framed in his mansion in California where he raises these horses. In one year alone, he made $6 million. You keep the F, right? I'm keeping my dream. So I want to challenge you as you get serious about your dreams and your goals And you say, I am determined that this year will not be a repeat of last year. Don't share big dreams with small minds. You got it? Did y'all receive that today? Do you feel like the Lord's speaking to you? Well, I'm believing with you. Let's just surrender everything to the Lord, the past, the present, and the future. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I praise you and thank you for every precious person that came this morning. Lord, I believe you're speaking to their spirits. And Lord, I'm praying they're going to hear your voice like never before. Have that discernment to know which direction to go, which job to take, which business to start. Whatever it is, Lord, I believe they're going to hear your voice like never before. And Father, my prayer is that next year at this time, they're not where they are today. Father, I pray discipline in their lives like never before. And that ability to conquer procrastination. And go after those goals. Lord, give them ambition, faith, and drive like they've never known. Father, we pray, Joel 2.25, that you restore the years that Satan stole. And Father, I believe Amos, I think it's 9.13, that says things will happen so fast, their heads will swim. So we pray an acceleration over their dreams in the name of Jesus. Amen. You believe it? Amen. I do too. So real quick, before we close, I just can't leave without making for sure that you have this one success principle. This is the thing that has taken my life from just existing to living my dreams. 
and it's making Jesus the Lord of your life. If you even knew how insecure and how messed up I was. In fact, you know, I told you about some of the things I went through. And of course, that affects your self-image, doesn't it? And I saw myself as so unworthy, rejected, ugly, you name it. And one day I was out walking in my neighborhood. And I just heard this phrase going over and over in my heart. I heard, lift your head, lift your head. And I thought, why is the Lord telling me to lift my head? So I wrote it on my phone, lift your head. Well, then I started thinking back when I was at Texas Tech, I studied communications and one of my classes was on body language. We had to study body language, which was so much fun. You know, I can tell when a guy's into a girl and she's not into him. Anyway, I'm reading y'all right now, but that's not my point. But I was thinking about that with body language. Do you know the number one sign of defeat is a lowered head? That's a sign of insecurity, inferiority, rejection, and the number one sign of defeat is a lowered head. And here's the Lord telling me, lift your head, lift your head. And I started thinking, wow, God covered everything in the Bible. He even put body language in the Bible. Do you know Psalm 3.3? It says, thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. Do you know what that means? That You should never go a day of your life with your head held down in shame when Jesus hung on the cross with his head down so yours could be lifted up. Isn't that amazing? At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.